On this episode of the Flophouse, we discuss Fireproof, starring Kirk Cameron, America's number one religious star, if you don't count Mel Gibson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. There are no ladies here. Welcome to the Flophouse. Oh, you meant the listeners. Hey, what's up? The podcast where we watch a bad movie and then chat about it a little bit. You said it. Uh, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. What do you know? Not much. Oh, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> yes, that was re- what we like to call rhetorical. Sure. Um. So, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, Are we going to tell the story of last week's failed attempt? No, let's just pretend like it never happened. It okay. keeps the mystique up. Can we at least just give a quick summary that so people don't watch that movie, right? Yeah, all right, fine. Stuart. Uh, don't watch Babylon AD. Starring Vin Diesel. Yeah, starring Vin Diesel. Uh, somehow it was so bad that it managed to uh, fuck up our, uh, our recording that we recorded. The computer yeah. refused to accept a, a sound file of us talking about it. I think because they entitled it Babylon AD, and the computer just howled it out. It wasn't just religious observance that kept us from putting out uh, an episode last week. We actually recorded an episode, Babylon AD, and it disappeared. Um, And so, in an effort to placate the gods... Speaking of religious observance... Yeah, this, this week we watched Fireproof. Yeah. I mean, hot on the heels of me spending an entire Sunday watching um, Easter-themed porn. Fireproof, hot on <laughs> whoa, the heels? Mm-hmm. Easter-themed porn, how so? You know, like Easter bunnies. Oh, it wasn't like, like Jesus... Furries porn. Jesus is re- resurrected and he's got morning wood. Well, and it, I to, wouldn't say oh, it was please. furry porn. It was pretty <laughs> traditional, except, you know, at some point somebody had a had an Easter bunny costume on. You know, when we were deciding on this film, we were deciding to do Fireproof, uh, Elliot was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't want to get caught in that trap of uh, saying things about religion or whatever. And now he's making not, morning wood Jesus Not jokes. saying things about religion. I didn't want to get caught in the trap of... Oh, Kirk Cameron's crazy because he's really religious. Let's make fun of how devout he is because there's something admirable about someone who's very oh, devoted to their faith. This is a terrible movie. That is true. That's what but we I didn't want, want to make it to clear. be. I, it's terrible because it's poorly made, not terrible because it has a Christian message. Yes. Before uh, the, the listeners out there, uh, the religious listeners out there, turn off their iPods and then throw them in the sewers. Wait, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, we just don't like back Satan or with the rest yeah. of the trash. That we're not we're not <laughs> making fun this of iPod, uh, this podcast deserves to be with the with the trash in the sewers. Yep, yeah. they're like, why did I download this podcast <laughs> and a bunch of Slayer albums? Yeah, we don't have well. Anything. Faith Houses has no new episodes this week. I guess I'll try Flop House. <laughs> it's close enough. No, it's not the religion that we object to. It's the lousy production. Very, well, it's a bad movie. It's maybe how much actual story time do you think in this is in this movie? Like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. twenty minutes, and it's stretched out to about two hours. Yeah, there's a there's a maybe a touching short film in this. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys spin me a tale, okay? <laughs> tell me of tell me of this fireproof. Well, it's the story of a fireman named Caleb and his wife, whose name I don't remember. That was Caleb. Okay, Caleb. It's the same name, Caleb. Caleb really? named Caleb. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> man named Caliph. He's the head of the Muslim Caliphate. 
A uh, man named Caleb, he's a, fire, he's a heroic firefighter who doesn't treat his wife very well. But it's not like he, he doesn't abuse her. He's just, yeah, he's not abusive. They're just not nice to each other. And he has an, uh, it's implied an addiction to internet porn. And he yeah. really wants to buy a boat. Yeah, those two things. All he, all he talks about is buying common. a boat. Do you think the internet porn he looks at is like boat related? Maybe. Like the love boat or something? I think it's, I it's probably know. all like bikini girls. It's not really hardcore porn. Yeah. Yeah, well, the. The Christian uh, movie way of implying internet porn was to have a pop-up appear after he had been on a website already for like, clearly seven minutes. A website minutes. about boats. It, was, it didn't even look like a website. It just looked like a, like a JPEG of a boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was... He's just staring at the wallpaper on his monitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someday I'm going to have a boat like that. And like this headshot of a woman uh, pops up with the legend, Wanna See... Beneath it, and then click here, and there's some hearts, yeah, and some, some hearts animated on. hearts. But the woman is not even particularly attractive or porny looking. Right? Yeah, it's just like a headshot, like something from a ne- social network. Well, it's site. like maybe the it's idea. like an amateur website. That's that. Yeah, that's that's possible. Like wife stuff. It's an idea of internet porn that <laughs> like, can only do it with my wife. Wife stuff. Wife stuff sounds like an advice web page for for yeah. new, for new wives. Yeah, exactly. Where do I buy detergent? Yep. Go to wifestuff.com. No, it's 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 internet porn no, as viewed through the uh, lens of either a Christian film or say like a five year old what they might think internet pornography is like. Mm-hmm. Like oh, a pretty or like, girl want to see? Or like, <laughs> like if on like an episode of like Saved by the Bell or the Hannah Montana show, they wanted to show somebody looking at mm-hmm. that yeah. porn. Anyway, so he doesn't treat his wife so well. Sorry, She's- Hannah Montana. I was just. <laughs> Don't, don't come kill me. Right? She's not. She does that. She's not so nice to him. Um, and basically, like to sell the story as quickly as possible, it, to get, avoid the parts where they fight like a hundred fires in this small town of Albany, Georgia. Yeah, there's a shitload of fires, right? Yeah. Basically, she they're unhappy in their marriage. She is tempted by a doctor at work who's very charming, and by charming, I mean like presentable. <laughs> and uh not gross he, his he wears a tie fa- yes and kirk cameron's father kirk cameron playing caleb uh gives him a diary which is what is he called a love diary or a oh, love the love dare the love dare mm-hmm. dr love dare mike myers the love the love darer uh but <laughs> the so, love dairy and he said <laughs> love dare. all these cows are just giving us love no milk uh he gives him a, a forty Lacta- day. That sounds like a lactating movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's disgusting. that sounds like pornography. Uh, yeah. He gives him a manual for a forty day program where you just a like manual. He gives him a copy of a manual uh, in space. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know they had a space one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a series, but uh, he gives him a this manual, like this handwritten love manual. That's a, it's a forty day program for basically showing your wife that you care, and then about halfway through, it becomes about accepting the love of Christ. As an example for the love to show your wife, yeah, the How classic we- marriage counseling bait and switch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ex- pretty much, yeah. And then Kirk Cameron does it. His wife learns that he is not a bad guy. Maybe the doctor she's she cares about is not as great as she thought he was, and they make up. Mm-hmm. And this is a two-hour long. I I cut out the comic relief about the other firemen, yeah, one of like, whom is overweight. Like, like forty minutes I into guess the movie, there's that climax where he and his dad like have this like touching moment where he finally realizes that he needs to you know give all his faith to God and everything. But then afterwards, like there's no real conflict. Like you're pretty sure she's gonna get with him. They right? could have cut to the last scene at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, also they and like I said, they fight like eight fires. <clears throat> I'd, we'd like to point out this is an hour and fifty-eight minutes. I believe was the runtime. Absolutely, 
uh, to tell a kitchen sink story about a marriage in trouble, sort of trouble. Then uh, the husband decides to treat his wife nice for a change, and then things turn out I mean, there all are, right. There are maybe, let's say, seven characters in the movie, and four of them are necessary for the plot. There are like three locations, not counting the fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know, there's not a lot going on. Well, I am counting the fires. Wait, <laughs> it's fire like, a location? There's the, <laughs> yes, it is both a location and a character. <laughs> it's it seems like there's a subplot in this movie that is not I, not just explored at all, which is this arsonist that's running around this small town yeah. lighting fires because they answer. I mean, I'm exaggerating with eight, but they answer at least four fires in the yeah. course of the film. Yeah. And this, you know, you're led to believe that this spans uh, like a month. Yeah, it's like yeah, a 30 like, day program. What I, what I was disappointed by was it's the, a 40 day program. The first actual call that the firefighters respond to, we get a little bit of like a lead into it by seeing the like, you know, the southern teens getting in like a like a car race or something, and then you know, oh, cut yeah, to right. them being wrecked on the on the, on train, the train tracks. tracks. Really, that um, was supposed to be connected because it seemed like a completely unconnected. <laughs> I thought those yet. were going to be characters that came up later, but <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you thought those were characters from of like them when they were kids. Or no, something? no, no. I thought maybe those those kids because if because if they had been a flashback, they would have said flashback. I like, guess so. Or like, well, the, 10 this years is also earlier. a movie during the opening credits. You you just hear a mother telling her daughter. Someday you'll find a guy who loves you as much as your dad loves you, and that'll be true love. And then it, it cuts to the firehouse, and the and this is like Bratz, just the, the legend, present day comes up on screen, mm-hmm. which makes you think like, wait a minute, are they going to go back in time? Like, are we going to jump ahead no. to the year twenty five, twenty seven? No, like present day. That framing device is never referenced again. <laughs> I don't even know who's talking to who. Yeah. Well, that the whole opening was, you know, was. Was the setup like the dad? The dad that they talk about in that opening is God, of course, right? I guess so. In the you know, once you've figured it out, but yeah, I mean, once you unlock the code, well, it's also sort of creepy. <laughs> Omega like, code. It's the subtext of the movie, by which I mean the text. It's one of these scenes where uh, you hear the the little girl being like, "Can I marry Daddy?" He's like, "No, I'm already married to Daddy." He's like, "Okay, can I marry Daddy after you're done with him?" And and you're like, oh well, this is supposed to be heartwarming, but it's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. What I'm saying is, your time is limited. <laughs> and I have a sexual attraction to my father. Watch your back, mom. Mormons is is that a Mor- no? That's not Mormons. No. <laughs> you're thinking of Oedipus Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I am thinking about that. So um, yeah, there's there's a lot of they respond to a lot of fires. They respond to a lot of fires. There's a lot of joshing at the firehouse. Yeah, so I would have liked to see a little more lead into the fires, like seeing what happened, what caused them. Kind of like kind of like a Final Destination thing, where you know, <laughs> it's like a Rube Goldberg thing, where like shit falls apart and then catches on fire. I assumed that every shot would just be a guy wearing a ski mask <laughs> running away with a with a. Uh, thing of uh motor oil and a you know like a butane lighter no i was hoping it'd be more kind of like wacky with more like comic relief like people accidentally putting things in the microwave and like 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 accidentally getting in like spraying gasoline on each other and then setting something (laughs) they were having a gas fight and they actually like in that zoolander movie or even if they were like oh man this drought is really affecting the town yeah one all this tinder is really dry yeah well, the, then, the th- that would clearly need a four-hour movie to explore all of that. <laughs> well, the story uh, of, Al- of Albany, Georgia, goes back to the 19th century. 
There's been more fires here than anywhere else. <laughs> they say it's on a on a dormant volcano, but is it dormant after all? <laughs> Who I knows? say it's on an ancient Indian fire ground. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Stuart, you suggested that it was built on a hellmouth. Yeah. <laughs> May, or maybe it's like it's all over one of those coal fires that burns underground for a thousand years. Sure. This is an exciting movie. Yeah. Well, it's coming alive before my eyes. Uh, fire it, parts were. In, <laughs> instead, well, I, mean, I mean, the movie we were talking about right oh, now okay. is an exciting movie. Coal Land. So there's there's a couple montages. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. Set to uh, Creed-style rock and roll music. Yeah. Where it'd be like the husband and the wife just not seeing eye to eye, not mm-hmm. getting along. Not eating dinner at the same time. Or as yeah. Elliot pointed out, there was one late in the movie that was just a weird mixture of uh, Kurt, Cameron, Kurt Cameron doing good things for his wife and then just training scenes down at the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of like, huh, is there a parallel being drawn? It's supposed, to, it's supposed to draw some sort of similarity between this, but it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it sort of felt like that uh, montage in Roxanne where they're... <laughs> Training at the firehouse. There, oh, there is one great running gag in the movie, though, which is that Kirk Cameron gets mad and like throws his garbage can, or he gets mad and hits his garbage can with a baseball bat. And each time he looks over, and his creepy old man neighbor is just staring at him, apparently bewildered at Kirk Cameron's violence. And each time he's like, "What's the guy's name? Is Mr. Griff or something like that?" Like, yeah, played by uh, hey. Academy Award nominee <laughs> Richard Jenkins, right? No, it did not. It was not Richard <laughs> Jenkins. It was a man probably twenty years older than Richard Jenkins. Okay, but each time he's like. Hey, Mr. Griff. And then just like deadpan stare and the old man turning around and walking away. And it was like, I wanted to learn more. And you see his wife later. And I wanted to know more about the marriage between these two withered old people who think their neighbors are crazy. Yeah. Speaking of marriage, <laughs> this movie was about it. There's a ton of stuff about marriage. And in this movie. Uh, it's all about marriage. You're the only one of us who's married, Dan, so you're going to have to give us the inside track. Yeah, what? So I assume that you went through this well, at one point and your dad gave you the love dare. Sure. Yep. And then found out later on. Oh, We're wait, both can promise I spoil keepers. It? Can I spoil it? <laughs> yeah, spoil it. For, okay. Spoil the twist that comes out of nowhere. The best and twist is nothing. at the very end. Okay. Everything's happy. You know, everybody's in love. And, They've accepted uh, Jesus. Yeah. And there's this, you know, the scene where Kirk Cameron's walking with his dad. In a scene that's shot very similarly to uh, a women's hygiene commercial, and um, his dad reveals that the Love Dare diary that he gave his son was actually written by his or by the kid's mom, by the dude's wife. Wait, how can I? I didn't explain that very well. Uh, uh, I was. It's like Kirk Cameron's mom. Yes, was the one who wrote instead the of his diary. dad. But I'm, does that mean that she had to go through the love dare, or that she gave the love dare to his father? I either way, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't change. It anything doesn't matter. Basically, way. it was like a weird twist that did, nobody cared. And about at it. the end, and Cameron walks into his mother, and they're both crying. And he's like, "I didn't know. Forgive no, me. Of course, I forgive you. I love you." What? Yeah, that was. The I thing. don't know what happened. No, I think that it, like the father was the one who was going to leave because he was being mistreated. Like he talked about yeah. how he oh, okay. wanted to go. But then why was so he? Why did Why did Kirk Cameron run in and apologize to his he, mom he rather than be like? Mom, you were a he'd been you were an abusive fo- uh, he'd mother. Been really short with her, I believe, when he was growing up. I see. <laughs> okay, well, we I'm don't just see any all that. He, up. he was experiencing growing. You know pains, when he was at uh, yeah, and she was the bad one in this relationship. And at the end, Kirk Cameron goes in and apologizes. Yep, when he was at uh, when he was at Fireman's University. Um, <laughs> like, F you, yeah. yeah. He would get really drunk and he. 
complain to all his buddies. Like, he's like, my mom's such a bitch. <laughs> he'd, steal, he'd steal the keys to the school fire truck and ram it into the house. Yeah, exactly. Then. While he was on double secret probation, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, Mom, I'm sorry that you were married to such an emasculated pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry that your my dad was such a wussy who wouldn't stand up for himself. Exactly. What a dork. Here's the, the weird thing. Speaking of standing up for yourself, marriage in uh is couched in the whole time in words like respect or honor. Like Kirk Cameron, he's his complaint. Which don't is, get us wrong. Important quality. No, no, but mutual respect is important. But really, <laughs> Stuart's making it. <laughs> I don't know, face. I would I would imagine on a bedrock of say love that, but uh that whole open is Kirk going. He does, she doesn't give me the respect I deserve. There needs to be respect. And it's such a like weird Sopranos-type thing for him to be complaining about. Well, here's what I wanted to and talk about. And then later about. on, it's like, oh, now that we both love Jesus, we can really respect each other. I agree. I saw a lot of parallels between the movie Fireproof and the television program, The Sopranos. <laughs> Dan, the respect don't forget about issue what being one of, the most, uh, one of the most notable. The others being, you know, the... Um, <laughs> the uh, unhappy late, of uh, marriage. Also, all yeah, those, yeah, there's marriage in both. All those scenes from Kirk Cameron is like, oh, a little mozzarella, oh, some prosciutto, oh. Yeah, you know. that. All the Italian guys in it, I think. There's, a, there's some the I guys, mean, the firemen. Oh, by the way, Italian, there was a whole right? subplot where he was the head of a mob family and he has to keep everything under control, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two, basically the same thing. <laughs> what were you going to say, Dan? I was just going to say that, like, this movie sort of Made doesn't you rethink work your marriage? unless there's a bedrock of... The idea that oh this marriage is really failing, you know, like that's that's what we have to buy up top to go through everything else. We have to we have to we have to buy two things. I feel like number one that there's Toothpaste. some sort of spark of uh, that love they loved each other them. at some point. Yeah, exactly. Which you never get from that. You don't get that. And number two, that there's a like a compelling reason why this marriage is breaking up. Now, all right, I I think that it's probably true that divorces probably. Uh, largely come from a million small things They're rather not, than one big thing. I mean, thing. Speaking, speaking from personal experience with my own divorce, no, I was, not, I was never married, with, my, with uh, my parents are divorced, and really it was a matter of years of small things and eventually them drifting apart and just, you know, failed emotional connection. It wasn't like, there was no giant event right. that caused a rift. It but in this just, case, that the, the movie dramatizes that as uh, Kirk Cameron really loves uh, thinking about buying a boat. <laughs> Hell yeah, he does. But also, and and here, here are their complaints of each other, aside from the respect. Yeah. When Kirk Cameron gets home from work, there's no food on the table, and Kirk Cameron refuses, and his wife says, you refuse to use the money you're saving for a boat to buy my crippled mother a new wheelchair and hospital bed. Well, she specifically says things around the house. Which, <laughs> things around the house, Looking around too. their house. It's a nice house. Yeah, it's nice got, and pretty clean. They've got granite countertops. Yeah, like, and she's like... they got four red plates on the wall. Four-car garage. And she makes a comment like, the back door needs painting. <laughs> like, a boat costs more than a fucking painted door, okay? But then eventually it comes out that her mother had a stroke and needs a new wheelchair and a so hospital bed. it's the things left unsaid is what you're saying. Uh, exactly, yes. But it, it seems like they these this is a couple that has drifted into marriage and is drifting apart, but there's no... You know, there's no reason for them to be married, and there's no Why reason for them to divorce. Why do you think they got married originally? Like a pregnancy scare or I something? I think that had to have been it. He got her knocked up, then it turned out it was just hysterical, and then... Sure. Or maybe like they it. loved each other when they were young, and then they had bra- they got brainwashed, or got amnesia. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Or aliens. Like, <laughs> or aliens, yeah. Mm-hmm. They really... they The thing is, they never he refer... He saved her from a fire. 
<laughs> that was probably been it. it. Yeah. But they never refer to any event in their past. Like, you would think it would be pretty standard for a movie about a married couple that they'd at least acknowledge how they met, things they used to do, like what life used to be like when they were married. Instead, you never hear about it. It's like they live in a vacuum. Yeah, exactly. Or like it's, the entire Earth came into existence when the movie started, and they were already married. Well, yeah, like it's it's like as as Kirk Cameron's character opens his eyes in that first shot, <laughs> that the entire it world it's existence. like yeah, it's like the Big Bang. Maybe Kirk Cameron is God in it, and he's rediscovering his own love. It's similar to like uh, like the God Azathoth, and that all of our existence is but a dream yeah. as he lies sleeping somewhere. Or the or the Theodore Sturgeon book uh, uh, story, The Ultimate Egoist. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like from a dramatic standpoint... More like Azathoth, <laughs> We need more as an audience. Like, like oh, uh... To, Kirk, to hold Kirk together Cam- a two-hour film? Yes, we definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Kirk Cameron gets angry, and he goes outside, and he throws the plastic uh, trash can against the wall, and that's supposed to indicate that they have a terrible marriage. That's also, and that's the height of anger. Him yeah. throwing the trash can around is the a plastic trash can. It's the height of anger. Like Which I'll do that. What do you want him to, yeah, to do? Like set a hobo on fire? No, but like that, but that's pretty it, reasonable though. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm taking my anger outside. I'm I'm letting it out on something completely inanimate." But like if I'm if I'm taking out the garbage and I get like water from the garbage on me and Dan, it's I've gross been on to me. I talk to you about that, by the way. <laughs> then I'll get mad and hit and throw the garbage can. Like it takes very little to get to that level of anger where you you hit an inanimate object that you can't really hurt. I've been mean to talk to you guys about your anger <laughs> issues. <laughs> Look, we just hate trash cans, it Stuart. Didn't, it didn't have the cliche scene, though. When does it re- end with trash cans? <laughs> the next step is small animals. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of steps between trash cans and small yeah, animals. Very, very, very fine line. At least toaster is in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> you have yeah. a toaster? No, I don't have a toaster oven, but... <laughs> But at least, uh, okay, fine. You don't have a toaster oven. And I, I, I guess I have to brag cr- about everything else. <laughs> I guess no. I do have a toaster oven. The, uh, we, they, they don't. I guess we. I have to applaud the film for not including a scene where they have an argument and Kirk Cameron raises his hand at her and she flinches mm-hmm. and then he realizes what he's done and puts his hand down. Yeah, he that stares would be going, at his hand and he's like, "Oh my god!" That would be going too far. It's it is realistic to say there are bad marriages when there isn't necessarily abuse. It's just. Two people who are not getting along. Yeah, I just it does, I I neither feel that love nor do I feel like the deep seated hate. No, like it just seems like a couple of people who are kind of cranky with each other, and then the movie jumps to divorce, but, and then the movie jumps to like, like a couple even, of roommates that are just kind of annoyed. Yeah, and even when he gives himself up to God, which should be the height of spiritual ecstasy, you would think. Like Absolutely. he has he has learned to get to love God with all his heart. He, his, he can now repent of his sins. He can see how the world is. He can let reality wash over him. Even that is kind of like, ah, this is great. Mm-hmm. These are fine. You know, like, I, hey, hey, now I got some friends. I got some friends that are Christian, too. You know what? I believe in God and heaven and hell and the entire cosmology of the church. Eh, all right. It's pretty good. I smile a lot more. Hey, <laughs> exactly. let's get in a uh, hot sauce drinking contest, guys. <laughs> like, you, you know, he does that before he discovers God. Oh, that's before? Do, but he does, what's the brand of hot sauce? It's Wrath of God. <laughs> yeah. But wait a minute. The guy who drank it and burned his mouth was really prideful. Oh. Yeah, see? Oh, it's we, all falling into place, There's a guys. lot of lessons in this film. A lot of lessons. Story structure-wise, I sort of felt, too, like... It's terrible? Well, yeah. I mean, all of the significant things sort of happened right in the middle of the movie. Like, as you said, him, like, uh, coming to God. And then also, 
like the big fire in the film is in of, the middle. Yeah, it comes in the middle. There's no big climax where oh, there's a big fire and the wife rushes to the, his side. It's like oh no, he's stuck in the building. But I've realized I love him. Nothing, nothing like that. You know, what was great. It was right after that big fire and he's at the hospital and everything. The the doctor gives him some advice about. He's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't put your wedding ring back on. You should let your hand have some time to heal because you've been burned. And he's like, mm, I don't think so. Uh, I'm going to put this ring back. My on. hand will have to heal around my ring. It's like you know, that sounds horrific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and now it's embedded in the skin. <laughs> yeah, it's like that chunk of moon rock that, uh, that John, John Jameson? Jameson got. Yeah, from turned the him moon. into man wolf. Yeah. yeah, and they had to rip it out of his skin. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was just really or weird. Or like, like the Darkhawk's mystic amulet. Yeah, exactly Dark like the Dark Hawks. Yeah, they have to pull game. out of his chest. But the thing about it is... Or like the guy's heart in Temple of Doom. That, that, well, that's one of my problems. Or like if you get a splinter. <laughs> that too. It's uh, In no way, it's it's just an, an all-purpose re- religious type thing is when somebody's like... like Is this person's like, I'm clearly going to disregard the advice of somebody whose profession... Is 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 healing? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna disregard this doctor's advice. Well, there was a doctor who was trying to get his wife to cheat on him. Yeah, but uh, did he know that at that point? No, he didn't. See, that's the thing. Okay, I guess we the audience should just agree with him. Well, I mean, people also don't listen to doctors a lot of time. I have a stand-up but why would bit the, about why it. would the doctor have him suggest like even if he was an evil doctor? <laughs> Why would he want him not to wear his wedding ring? Does he know that's like the source of his powers? Maybe, or yeah. Okay. He's like Green Lantern. Okay, I was gonna say like John Jameson and <laughs> and Manwolf. Yeah, or, or maybe John Jameson and Manwolf. Yeah, or Splinto, the Splinter superhero. <laughs> oh yeah, Splinto. I have the ability to make splints really fast. <laughs> yeah. What a. Okay. So uh, yeah. So that was my little tangent about uh, ignoring doctor's advice. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently, you don't have to listen to doctors that, when you're when you're on the Love Dare. <laughs> well, you're only supposed to listen to the Love Dare manual. Oh, okay, not doctors. His dad is so even keeled throughout the entire film. Like I was waiting for the scene where he pops some sort of antidepressant mm-hmm. or mood altering pill. Yeah, yeah, like I imagine this guy poops maybe <laughs> once a week. Oh no, <laughs> once a day, very regular, because <laughs> nice. he takes care of his system. Nice. It's a little like owl pellet, like turd. <laughs> Doesn't smell that bad. You can pull it apart and find the bones. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense. It's like, oh, look what I made. It's a perfectly yeah. spheroid ball, kind of like an old Great musket Jesus. bullet. He just yeah. wa- he just wanders the woods in his cable knit sweater, <laughs> leading uh, Kirk Cameron to a cross that he that he didn't he, realize he didn't he, realize that's where he was headed. But he everyone ends up at the cross. Yeah, because when they first find that place, isn't he Kirk pre- Cameron like, hey, uh. That must be from that old summer camp they left Well, the here. dad kind of pretends he doesn't know it's there. He's like, oh, funny we ended up over here, I guess. Didn't realize this cross was on the grounds of my estate. Yeah. Maybe? They never explain where that location is. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's weird. There's a lot of vagueness about the film. Mm-hmm. I guess that's fair. Very in- generic. Including in the way it's shot. <laughs> yes. Everything about it, it's like in Repo Man when they would drink beer and it would just be a can that said beer on the yeah. side. Or the, just boxes that said food. This That's this movie in a lot of ways. So you guys have anything you want to say about the shenanigans down at the station house? or <laughs> No, uh, they were stupid. Yeah, they, they, they tried to add some comedy, right? 
Yeah, but it was so jarring. It was like it was like, uh oh, well, let's take a little trip and see what Horatio Sands is doing at the firehouse. Well, and then there's that other one. The world's fattest firemen are up to. They have they deal with so many fires, and yet all their firemen are so out of shape. Yeah, I mean, well, they're so busy fighting fires, they don't have time to exercise, I think. And they're, but they do have time to eat submarine sandwiches, I would imagine. They just eat them in the truck on the way to the fire. The, the other weird character was the the one uh, the one fireman who gives Kirk Cameron advice exclusively through metaphors. His bagger vance, if you will. Yeah. yeah. He's an African-American who also has had his marriage problems. He has already accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Uh-huh. And he gives him advice through metaphors like the salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, gluing salt and pepper shakers together equals a marriage. <laughs> I think that was the point. <laughs> I mean, else. in some ancient Christian cultures, that's how you symbolized a marriage ceremony. Yeah, exactly. Then you shatter the, the salt and pepper shakers. and <laughs> The mixing of the salt and the pepper represents the, the new is, life. Yeah. After you're married, you have to have both salt and pepper on everything. Exactly. It doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you just want salt. No, pepper's there too. Yeah. It's the way it works. <laughs> That's you can know, That's a marriage. That, listen, when you're married, you you don't get to control how your food is seasoned because your wife cooks it the way she likes it. That's well, marriage. The, pe- the people at Reese's were trying to go for a slightly different <laughs> metaphor, but uh, Kirk Cameron wasn't having it. Can't we say that marriage is like a bag of M and M's? That's that's a polyamorous marriage with all the different types of M and M's, and that doesn't fit the cosmology. No, not at all. Well, it was a very well-meaning film, poorly made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we can get on to Final Judgments. Okay. Final Judgments. So this is where we decide whether the movie was a a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie that we actually liked. So, Stuart, what do you have to say? Um, Well, I think it's pretty clear the type of things I like in a movie, and this movie didn't have any of What would those be, like blood, boobs? You know, like some violence, some boobs, um... You know, some yucks. Like a rapping grandma? Yeah, or a foul mouth rapping grandma. Uh, A werewolf. uh, At least one fart. (laughs) A werewolf? Yeah, absolutely. This movie was particularly fartless. A president that's also a werewolf? Mm, Man. Don't give away my screenplay ID. Okay, so obviously It's called President by Day. (laughs) This movie had none of those things. Um, uh, so I'm going to have to say, and it, it wasn't very enjoyable. It was a bad, bad movie. However, you know, once again, I think it is well-intentioned. Yeah. No, it's certainly sweet-natured, but that doesn't um, change the fact that it's terrible. So was 10,000 BC, you know? No, that was not sweet-natured. <laughs> that was crass and just and horrible. Yeah, what I would say about this movie is... So was the invasion. <laughs> no, again, crass, mercenary. If this film was an hour long... I would say that it was a a good bad movie because it it is ineptly made in a way that could often be very funny. However, the fact that it was padded to such an extraordinary length ultimately just made it dull. So I would say that on that level, it's a bad, bad movie. I'm going to have to agree with you guys. Uh, it was. You're it's not a, rocking the boat on this one. No, I don't think so. You, it's look, a, you look like you kind of want to. Though. Well, I know because I didn't enjoy it, but it's. I guess I would. Okay, I'll say it's a good bad movie, but not in the way of like this is a movie that's hilarious to sit down and make fun of, which it has kind of the reputation of a little bit right now. Well, yeah, you uh, want to do like a drinking game where every time somebody does something stupid, I don't. <laughs> where whenever somebody, yeah, it's a, uh, you get really drunk. I've never actually participated in a drinking game. But you have to give it credit. I mean, I will gr- give it credit for being a movie that was made, I assume, to be shown in churches to 
married couples who are this having movie problems. It was actually a, a fairly big financial success. I mean, I yeah. think it's the most was it, was it in theaters successful or was it... religious film, uh, like specifically like mm, a little thing called the Ten Commandments. Well, okay. <laughs> Put out by like a company that specializes in religious films. I'm I'm talking uh, little thing called I don't know. Yeah, it it was a that, that uh, the Rankin Bass Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. It was a big enough thing that it it definitely charted when it was released. It may have been actually number one for whatever weekend, like whatever. I like I don't think that happened. Deep winter weekend. <laughs> Maybe number Maybe two. that was the weekend that all the other movie theaters in the country were closed. I might just be thinking that it would open in the top five, which is still a big triumph. But it was uh, it was not unsuccessful. It, no, no. But at, but at the same time, they're I don't think when they made it, they were setting out to make a number one. They were making a, mm-hmm. trying to make a hit film. I think they were trying to make. They had a message they wanted to get across, and they did it in the most gentle, boring way possible. And if in the process they made a little bit of money. All the better. Fireproof, and, too. And frankly, Kirk Cameron wins me over with knowing that he believes what he's saying in the movie. Sure. Like, as much as I don't believe what he believes, there is – and a lot of people make fun of him about it. Like, there is something genuine in his almost maniacal faith in, in Christianity. Mm-hmm. So, Fireproof 2, what's the setup? <laughs> okay. It's a financial success. We need to build on that. Okay. We thought all their marriage problems were solved. Uh-oh. There's a hotter doctor in town. Oh, man. And at the same time, a sexy firehouse inspector from the government comes by, okay. and she's got her eyes set on Caleb. And she's a boatist. I'm boatist. And she owns a boat. She lives on a houseboat. A boat aficionado. At the same time, what's this? The arsonist from Fireproof is back. A rash of fires hits the small town of Albany, Georgia, and only Caleb can put them to rest for good. Or maybe Caleb's mom and dad have a da-da-da-da-da divorce. <laughs> Think about it. That would throw his world into turmoil. Maybe the, maybe the love dare doesn't work. Does he have to reconsider his relationship with what's-her-name? There's yeah. a lot going on in or Fireproof, what if, like, Fireproof he, 2 proof in it. Or maybe, it, maybe it's years down the road and the love dare is spread kind of like in uh, in The Ring, uh-huh. in like The Ring 2, and uh, somehow all the love dare is creating some kind of weird like gestalt consciousness. Maybe. That's going to devour all humans. Is that what happens in The Ring 2? I never saw it. I don't remember. I just remember that a bunch of CGI deer attacked a car. And I remember when we saw it in the theater, this lady got really mad at another lady for spilling nachos on her. <laughs> well, I'll remember that one. I'll look out for that scene when I watch it on DVD. It's going to be hard to catch. <laughs> just going to tell you, it's going to be hard for you to spot. <laughs> Anyone out there listening, um, it's, a, it's a good game for you. You can imagine which scene it might have occurred during. That there was a like, fight between two women in the movie theater yeah. right behind me and Dan. And somebody spilled nachos on somebody else. It reminds me of a, a story. A friend of mine went with her then boyfriend to see, I think, The Hollow Man, and she really didn't enjoy it. So she was she, she was leaving the theater, and someone she didn't know, a stranger, saw her walking out and yelled to her, "Hey, where are you going? Movie's <laughs> not over." That's awesome. <laughs> like, what do you Kevin care, Bacon. buddy? <laughs> it was Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Kevin Bacon with a mustache. <laughs> Someone's so like I could see yelling that if I, you know, when I went to see The Prestige, if someone had walked out because I really like that movie a lot. But, or like, but like Schindler's really. List or something. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a movie that you know had a message or something, or something I, I particularly cared deeply about. But I don't think anyone yeah. feels the way about the <laughs> like Hollow Man. Man. Not one of the lesser, <laughs> Certainly not on first viewing. It's one of the lesser Verhovens of the many lesser Verhovens, like Flesh and Blood or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. 
Although, hey, let's not say many loves for Verhoeven because <laughs> yeah, it's a little rough. Sorry. Okay, he's, sorry. he's got some great movies too. Let's, but that's you know a You're story like, for another day. Okay, uh, Dan, you look like you want to talk about something. Uh, I may have a letter. Here. I may have a letter I for you. I may yeah? have a letter for all. The it's listeners. me, Dan McCoy. I'm so, I almost got to meet your parents today, Dan, and I'm sorry I didn't because I imagine they have very heavy Irish accents. Uh, it's not true at a all. A pleasure to meet you, Elliot. We I'm Mister Master McCoy. We may actually be Scottish, although the, I've never seen uh, any evidence. Pleasure one way to or the meet other. you. There you go. Oh, that's good. I'm like in the room. You're a fucking... friend of me, of me son Daniels, mm-hmm. and so forth. Is Mike Myers in the room with us? <laughs> oh, it's very nice to meet a friend of my son <laughs> oh, Daniel <man>. McCoy. <laughs> Dana Carvey's here too. <laughs> Going off in a crazy direction there. Oi! My boy Dan told me you're all about you. Daniel okay. Craig! <laughs> okay. Yes, Daniel? Uh, I have a letter here. And it's from Fed Last Name Withheld. And it says, Dear Floppers, I've been... Fred? Yeah. <laughs> Fed. Oh, okay. Fed, no R. I've been following your podcast since the beginning, and I'm happy to report that it has become my favorite. It wasn't your favorite to start Yeah, I don't, with. I don't like that at all. But uh, every- well, I guess when Elliot Kalen joined the crew, mm-hmm. that's when it reached the top. It's when Faith House moved to uh, <laughs> bi-monthly. Faith. That was the third kind of heat. Um, <laughs> but it says, Every week I think of movies that I would like to suggest you see, but have refrained from doing so, mainly because I don't want to waste your time with films you would never accept being so far out of the range of what you consider flophousable. Thank you. <laughs> don't waste our time. <laughs> I appreciate you. your restraint. Busy. We're busy. Very busy. We don't have the time to read the title of a movie. <laughs> uh, could you provide we, the listeners, with some guidelines for film genres, types, periods, or styles that you would consider worthy of watching and discussion? Or should we look at the list of already reviewed films and make our conclusions? Thanks. I like that he adds that option as if, as if we're we too just be lazy. Like, <laughs> just look at what we did already. <laughs> Draw your own fucking conclusions. Why don't you, jerk? I am loath to codify our method of thinking, our modus operandi. But there are uh, some There are some guidelines, yes. If you want to create your own flop house, Uh take an ordinary cardboard box. (laughs) I thought Dan already did this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Well, yeah, Dan, how would you describe the movies we watch? What are the guidelines? Give us at least one guideline. Uh, Yeah, and we'll Uh, take it from there. Like we always do, right, Stuart? (laughs) Yeah. Number one. Set up up the jokes. We'll knock it out of the park. Um, It should be a movie that... Yeah, of course it should be a movie. (laughs) Hey! Go! Okay, keep going, Dan. The exit stage left. (laughs) Um, it should be a film that is... Oh, a film now, guys, putting on airs. (laughs) No, movie's not good enough for him. That um, is relatively new to DVD or uh, premium cable. Sure. It was, in, it was in the theater not too long ago. Uh, to give it some sort of air of relevance or currency. And, uh, you know, um, the older bad films have been picked to get picked to death by your Mystery Science Theater 3000s and sure. such. And, uh, you know, they've done a much better job at it than we could probably. So Because part of what this podcast is is a service. Yeah. We're giving people advice, mainly not to rent shitty, these specific shitty movies because they're not very good. Yeah, and if you enjoy yourself along the way, 
that's great. Yeah, okay. It's gravy. But really, really, <laughs> we're soaking in our own gravy. <laughs> okay, so that's rule number one. Got to be somewhat current. Uh, Relatively recent. Right. Not still in theaters, though, because sure. we actually don't make very much We're money. not going to <laughs> speak for yourself. You toss one? Uh, um, we are not millionaires. They, should, they shouldn't always be horror movies, uh, because I've been yelled at in the past for always. No, that's not why. We just have, want to have a, a variety. Oh, but horror movies, yeah. horror movies often work best. Okay, a certain kind of horror thriller. That's if, true. If you are contemplating suggesting a movie that stars Nicolas Cage as opposed to one that doesn't, recommend the one with <laughs> Nicolas Cage in it. That's a good unless it's Honeymoon in Vegas. But you bring up a good well because that doesn't fit the first rule now, does mm, it? Good point. You bring up something good with the horror thing, though, in that. Horror films, thrillers, uh, dramas, suspense, action, action, adventure. Usually, much more uh, thrill a minute. (laughs) There's more ground to till than with comedies, because a bad comedy is just unpleasant. Although we've done comedies, but yeah, but they've been reason. They're less. They're less fun for us to do. And and also, it's a like a suspense or a thriller or an action or a horror movie. You kind of know what you're expecting going in so seeing how it fails to provide that or provide something different is is kind of interesting yeah sure elliot any any thoughts uh i would say it should be i mean fireproof doesn't quite fit this but in theory or maybe it does it should be a fairly high profile film in some way right like it should not be we're not here to shit on people's dreams like some guy scraped together fifteen thousand dollars and made a movie and it's terrible that's no fun to make fun like of. Like the movie Memory starring Billy Zane. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I wasn't in the group then. But okay. the, but like it, like last week we tried to watch Babylon AD. That kind of thing is perfect because it's a big budget movie starring a movie star and it got a big release and it's total shit. Like something that... Uh, and what a star. And what a star. Mr. Vincent Diesel, <laughs> uh, the, but something Or something like, you know... Mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland or the Bratz movie because it's a big tie-in with a merchandising thing. Like something that was a was supposed to be a release of some note or they were hoping to get their money back, you know. Right. Not something where someone like staked his whole, you know, future on this and didn't know what was going to happen. Well, something that at least you might have seen a poster for at a bus stop. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Something you would have seen advertised like, near you. I don't want to fucking see that movie and then, you know, down the line somebody – Talks bad about it on a I podcast. have begun to almost like salivate when I see posters for like when I first saw the billboard for Swing Vote, I was like, "Oh, that it, we're gonna watch that for Flophouse. It's gonna be great." And it was okay. I kind of feel that way about the the current Angels and Demons posters. Mm, I don't know that one. I it looks it's so, gonna be good. Is it looks so boring. I yeah, it is gonna be. Really boring. The idea, the idea that all of history, rather than being like this crazy confluence of events that happened almost at random with different people who all have their own motives like butting heads and strange things happening that instead of that history is a is a puzzle game that you need to use to find a like treasure mixed. yeah it's really or, or as, Resident Evil, as an amateur historian it kind of takes a lot of the fun out of the the existence of human civilization I had a, a guideline in my head but I totally lost it oh I, I had two voice. and I can only remember one <laughs> And the one that I can remember is, um, you know, someone on the Facebook page where you can. <laughs> when you recommend. said page, I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I thought you were about to say on the Facebook, like an old man would. <laughs> you know, someone on the Facebook uh, recommended, you know, tossed out an idea for a movie to do, and it was Black Sheep. And that movie is, you know, clearly, 
you know, tongue in cheek. It's campy. You know, it's about killer yeah, I sheep. I think I recommended it at one point for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it's a movie that trades in, you know, certain it's like jokey. Yeah, it's, it's not trying to be bad yeah. to some degree. There should be a certain amount of sincerity of purpose, is what you're saying. Right. You can't make fun of something that's already taking the piss out of itself. So unless it does yeah. it very poorly. Yeah. But it's not worth it. Um, and because I can't think of the other one, maybe we should move on. Do you have any thoughts? Last no, thoughts there, wait, so wait, let's let's go over that list again. Oh, uh, and, uh, be... and you can't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. Okay. So it's, final it's, it's got to be uh, it's got to be somewhat current. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be like a small budget thing. It should be something people know about. Mm-hmm. Big um, stars help. Big stars help. Um, if possible, you know, a nice variety of uh, like topics. Though they sh- comedies are best left alone. And thriller, and you're pretty on pretty safe ground with horror thriller type things. Um. And wait, I think that was I lost track of what we were talking about. <laughs> See, and and not and no campiness. No campy, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Shrimp scampy, maybe. <laughs> nice. So, so, so uh, Elliot so likes next? things that rhyme. <laughs> I yeah. love this. Like many people with with mental disabilities, <laughs> I enjoy for some reason rhyming words that are, are the meanings are not connected to each other. <laughs> okay, so campy scampy. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the next thing we do here? We're recommending movies at this okay, point. Okay, that's cool. We've exhausted our reservoirs of hate. Are are we are yeah. we? Is there any sort of prize for someone who chooses who recommends a movie and then we actually do it? Aside from our dulcet tones talking about the movie they recommended, um, they can brag about bragging rights. I don't like. Okay. someone did uh, recommend uh, Fireproof. Okay, why? That was something that came in via why email. Because they, they worried about our marriage. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I can't answer that question. Was it your wife that recommended it? <laughs> the person who um recommended it could write in and say why they recommended. Yeah, please do. Uh the the email address again is the flophouse podcast at gmail dot com. I gotta say again about fireproof. It was not it didn't live up to the it was not good, but it didn't live up to the reputation of uh hilariously awful. If only because I don't find Kirk Cameron's religious faith immediately laughable yeah no that's fair it not immediately it, it has to grow on you yeah I'll, oh why it wasn't the room is what i'm saying if you guys have if you i don't know if you guys have seen that yet but yeah. th- that's a, that's a hilariously bad movie um, but one we wouldn't watch here because it's until it became famous for being bad it was a tiny thing that a guy made and it's not that relevant anymore it's been out for a couple years yeah so, uh, who wants, uh, okay, I'll, I'll get started. Uh, <laughs> Such I, a half-hearted offering to others. Hey, uh, so a movie that I saw recently that I do recommend is a little Spanish thriller called Time Crimes. Uh, it's, uh, that rhymes. Yeah, I, know, yeah, I love it already. It. Uh, you know, it's, Time Crimes it's, with a, Lime. it's a little low budget, it's a little low budget movie, um, it takes place in a relatively small area and over a short period of time, in a way. Um, and it's just it's it's just great because it's really tight, tightly written, and um, yeah, it's cool. So it's called Time Crimes. Time Crimes. It's easy to remember because it rhymes. Yeah, time rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> it's time rhymes. You'll see that movie Crime Time. <laughs> it's got. I mean, it's gotten a fair amount of good good reviews, and but. I still recommend it. Put it in, put it in your little net. Go over to your internet, 
and go over to your queue for your Netflix and just drag, point and click, drag it That's over. That's not how Netflix works. Put it into the bin and then top of queue, top of queue. Okay. And then hit refresh. All right. So, okay. So you can look at it sitting now, there on the now, top of your queue. Now, now log off. Log off. Oh, then shut off the computer and hit it with a baseball bat as in fireproof. All right. So. Stuart recommends Nightline. Stuart <laughs> <laughs> Koppel's Nightline. Night, night I rhymes. thought it was called Fight Night. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fright Night. I do recommend Fright Night. <laughs> if you're not going to watch Time Crimes, watch Fright Night. You got please. it, Friday Night Lights. You got it. <laughs> I'd recommend that as well. So. Excite Bite. Excite Bite? Oh, Excite Bite for the NES. <laughs> I recommend that too. Price Right. You got it. The best it. part about Excite Bite is when you can make your own course and you just make a course <laughs> of, all the, of all the biggest ramps. <laughs> and it never works right. And you're, you always, don't like, space it you're out. always like, hey, dude, check out this awesome course I made. And it was always just like the biggest ramps. Like, that's so boring. <laughs> like, like, you're trying to make your bike go into outer space or something. That's why, uh, that's where that old saying comes from, uh, which is, uh, growing older is the process of learning how to make better excite bike courses. <laughs> yep. I think it was Robert Frost who said that. Yeah. Uh, I want to recommend Trans-Siberian starring Emily Mortimer and Woody Allen. Woody it's- Harrelson, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Woody, Woody Allen would be an interesting choice. You're we're right. right. This train is, <laughs> we're in trouble and there's a train and we're... <laughs> Ben Kingsley, why are you on it? Siberian. <laughs> Kika God once said that... Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a, a joke about uh, a train going through Siberia. Max, we gotta get through Siberia. I'm, I'm glad, because I'm, uh, initially your impression sounded a lot more like Snagglepuss. <laughs> so Exit stage train Siberian. <laughs> I'm glad he kind of saved it there. Um, why do you like this movie, Dan? I like it because it's a... Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a solid thriller. It's done by the guy who did um, Session Nine and The Machinist, which are both um, good movies, not great movies in my opinion. Uh, but this movie has a lot of the style of those earlier movies, with a better script, um, stronger acting, and it's um, a movie that's well within like traditional thriller outlines. But when watching it, I never quite knew where it was headed next, so it, it, it was good at surprising you, which is what a good suspense film should do. And there's, so a, there's Woody Harrelson's in it. Huh? Woody Harrelson's in it, not oh. Woody Allen. Is he on a, he's on a comeback? Is um, he? I mean, the Trans-Siberian was probably not the right vehicle for him to yeah, make his comeback. It, yeah, it Just got in some and festival play and then, yeah, disappeared from theaters almost immediately. So, so is that, can <laughs> I go to my queue and just queue that one up? <laughs> <laughs> is that an instant instant view? It, might it is be. an instant view. Oh man, heck! You don't need to drag you it. You guys can your start watching that right now. <laughs> Just put that into your instant queue. Why are you listening hit... to the Flophouse? You could be watching Trans Siberian right now. Well, go over, go over to onto Xbox Live, <laughs> and uh, go to Netflix. Watch instantly and hit play. Okay, cool. Now finish listening to this though. All so, right, that was that? slightly more accurate in the way that Netflix works. So, um. Once Alex done yawning, I got sorry. I was you know, I figured you would edit that out. Uh, so I have not not <laughs> this week. Awkward. Not this week I'm headed off to Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. escaping the, the CR. Johnny Law's on his trail. Mm-hmm. Oh. On the land from Johnny Law. Uh, I thought it was because of the worldwide surfing championships <laughs> are in Costa Rica. <laughs> and yep. You need to save your uh, car wash. I'm a, uh, 
restaurant. I'm appearing <laughs> with bikinis. I'm, yeah. I'm appearing in the film um, "Surfs Up." That is that that penguin surfing film? Probably. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's me. I'm like one of those surfing action? penguins. No, it's a computer generated. No, but I mean, is this a live action version or are you yeah. going back in time? It's people who surf with penguin costumes on. Okay. Yes. I'd be into that. You can either dress up as a penguin or as Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. <laughs> what character did he play in that? <laughs> he played uh, Oswald Cobblepot the penguin. <laughs> Wait, the, the Batman bad guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he wasn't Mr. Freeze or something? No, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger okay. in a different movie. And the Joker wasn't in that one? No, that was in the previous film. Okay, he was the penguin, are you sure? Yes. Okay, fine. I'll check it out. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm going to recommend two movies very quickly. The first is an Italian crime, called, crime film called Gomorrah, uh, which is about the Neapolitan crime mm, organization. Neapolitan, that's delicious. Yeah, it's a crime organization that's vanilla chocolate and, and what, strawberry? Yeah. Uh, they shouldn't taste good together, but they do. <laughs> it's all about, it's about a couple different characters who are living in Naples. Each of them deals with, uh, I think it's called the Camorra. The crime, fan, the crime organization there in different ways it affects their lives. But it's not like you're never dealing with the head of the family or it's not like the godfather where they kind of lead you through it and there's a romantic aspect to it. It's a very grim movie that is just about like, well, the way, in the place these characters live, there's no way to avoid your life being touched by organized crime. It's somewhere in the background, but occasionally mm, they get killed because that's the way organized crime works. And it's just very like – it's almost like uh, watching a war movie that's about people who are not on the front lines but are just kind of living uh, either behind the lines or in a town somewhere maybe. And the war is right outside the town and occasionally affects them but not always. Uh, it's just an interesting way to take a look at that without making it kind of like Godfather or Goodfellas kind of like – Romantic. I ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster, a rise and fall of an, an epic tale of American whatever. You know, this is Naples. It's just the way things happen. Organized crime is almost like a fact of like a natural force there. The way the movie puts it across. Uh, and the other movie is that's an that's a new movie that's in a few theaters right now. Another movie. The other movie is an old movie that I saw just this weekend called The Devil and Daniel Webster, which is like. I, is this the is this the version that has Alec Baldwin? No, and Jennifer Love this is not the unreleased version with Alec Baldwin, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Anthony Hopkins. Uh, this is the ver version from the early '40s, originally released under the title "All That Money Can Buy," which is fucking stupid because "The Devil and Daniel Webster" is a great title. I don't know why you would change it. Uh, and plus, it was released at a time when ordinary people knew who Daniel Webster was, so it's doubly a good title. But about a man who uh, sells his in the early 1840s. Sells his soul to the devil, played by Walter Houston. Uh, and when the time comes that the devil is going to take his soul and creepy shit is going on all, all over the place, he gets the great orator of American history, Daniel Webster, to come and defend him before a jury of the damned to get his soul back. And it's like funny at times and kind of very poetic at times in the way it's shot. But overall, it's just like a really good classic fantasy story with some creepy horror elements. And uh, some genuinely kind of spooky scenes. And Walter Houston, who plays the devil, is fantastic. He's like the quietest devil in the world. This very, like, New England rural traveler devil. And uh, he's just really good in it. And I highly recommend it. The And the score for it won an Oscar for best score for Bernard Herrmann, who, uh, of course, would go on to do most of Hitchcock's American movies. There you as go. well as Citizen Kane. 
that's so that's a, that's a safe bet. I, yeah, score when it comes to scores, score that's wise, a safe yeah. bet. But I thought, but I watched it and I uh, this weekend I really liked it a lot, and so much that I uh, yesterday went and ordered the DVD for it after I watched it on TV. Oh wow, that's what I'm going to want to revisit. Hey, I uh, I thought of another good thing that movies should be okay for the flop house. Sure, ninety minutes long. <laughs> yeah, that it will be ninety minutes or less. Yeah. Especially because Elliot really likes to get home and get to sleep because he has a demanding uh, it's not job. Get, it's not even get to sleep. It's, I like to go home and see my girlfriend before I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. It's it always sounds been, like someone doesn't need a love dare. Ooh, ooh, no, I don't. That's that a, the, Thank you. Yes, we have a very strong relationship. And I need to go back to my house and pound a couple beers and then pass out. <laughs> sounds like someone doesn't need a beer dare. Pass out next to my three-legged dog. <laughs> I hey, wish guys. that was a metaphor for something, but it's no, not. It's he has a three-legged thing. dog. Under under the image of a of a kind of some sort of Arctic barbarian uh-huh. riding a sled pulled by polar bears. Yes, hung in the window. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that we've learned a lot tonight about Stuart and marriage, about ourselves. No shit. So, <laughs> um, oh, this is so. A, do we need to say anything else, or just let it? I think we, I think we should say goodbye. Away. Let's just enjoy the moment. Just take a moment here. Let's just trust our bodies. <laughs> Let's just do what our bodies want. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just, you know, Enjoy just it. let go. So excited, just can't hide it. And you, and you listener, you can enjoy us in your ears. <laughs> in your years? <laughs> That's what I thought you said, too. I, I was waiting said. for to come or years ahead or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, just years know. ahead, you can think back in the times you back listen to when, the flop house, your lost youth. When you got fireproofed. Back when pod, podcasts are beamed directly into your brain unit. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> unit. Yeah, your unit. Uh, well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I will always be Elliot Kalen. Good night. I'll try to be funny. Crazy. I haven't been drinking tonight, guys, so <laughs> hold on. So maybe you'll remember what the movie's about. Oh, up top. Yeah. Probably not, though. Oh. I have to play my Stuart character, who is absent-minded and loves uh, naked ladies. I listened to that I, probably three times. Just, wait, what? <laughs> Come on, guys. Wait a minute. Wait, what? He's in the mirror world. Come on. Come on. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs>